All right, everyone. Welcome back to the BeFit Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Murphy, and I have prepped this for a couple of weeks, but joined here with Chris Irwin. Absolutely honored to have him on the show. I've probably talked more about him and his resume being as big as his biceps before, but um, Chris, just honestly really happy to have you on here, even though we're virtual, but uh, thanks for joining. Yeah, brother. Good to see you as always. Um, it's always funny when I talk about, it's like you always want to start off with something, um, like attention grabbing. And for some reason, what I wanted to do is I wanted to put side by side pictures of us both snatching in, in Cali, Colombia <laughs> in 2012. So it's like to have yeah. those photos pop up to be like, here's the people giving you fitness advice. Right. Um, yeah. But, uh, with everything you've done, as far as, you know, when, when we met, it was in St. Thomas and it was, it was primarily, I mean, a, a lot of the relationship was CrossFit was you guys bringing me on to, um, to kind of centralize everything CrossFit when I was kind of getting started in the hotels for us to kind of become a group and, and through CrossFit, through fitness, through us training and competing together is how we developed this bond. And I think what I want to talk about more on this is, is the route that you've been going down the last few years, which is the, uh, the mental fitness, what your, your term, your coin term, mental fitness and but before we get into that, kind of how how you how you got to that point or the importance of of that to you? Well, it started for me right when I got out of the military. Um, and when we met, this was something that was going on for me, but probably wasn't apparent. Um, I kind of developed a very severe um, anxiety disorder post military. It's it's like a really long and convoluted story, but it's one of these things where you find yourself in a situation. You don't know exactly how you got there, but for me, it was, it stemmed from a feeling of, I guess, sort of guilt to some extent, but I just felt like I, I had, you know, I've been in the military for whatever, 13 years or something like that at that point and had seen enough or had been around enough kind of death and, and had, and I just got to this point where I felt like I didn't understand why I was still around and other guys were not, uh, that I felt were better than me in a lot of ways. Um, certainly, you know, there wasn't anything, there wasn't any rhyme or reason to it. And because of that, um, I just developed, I just started to kind of, I guess, look for things in, inside me, uh, I guess, physically, that could be the sign of some kind of like deadly disease or something like that, which sounds really weird, but that was just where I found myself. I felt like I, I kind of developed this disorder of um, anxiety of like, oh, I'd, I'd feel like you feel little things in your body all the time. You feel like a little stabbing pain here or a, something like that. And most of the time, most people will just gaff it off as nothing because it, it is but for me it ended up being like ooh, what is that like and I, I think I'm sort of ang- like um, wired to be anxious to begin with but it would be like that's got to be something that's got to be some kind of deadly disease or something like that so I developed this disorder around that uh, and what I learned later on is if you start doing that it can snowball to the point where it makes itself worse essentially. So like if you, if you have some kind of thing in your body like that, that you feel, and then you're like, Oh, that's gotta be something you are ramping up your own uh, limbic system, your amygdala, which is like where your fight or flight response comes from. Um, And it will then in turn sort of exacerbate those symptoms, which makes you more anxious, which makes the symptoms worse. And it can get to the point where it's really bad. So I started developing all these physical symptoms where I would be, dizzy all the time. And I would be, I'd have like heart palpitations or my like arms would go numb, like crazy stuff where you're, where you think, and then, and then in your mind, you think there's no way that could just be mental. That's gotta be, that's gotta be physical, right? There's no way my brain could just do that. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was kind of, that, that was my story of like how this all started for mm-hmm. me where I got really interested. Sorry, there's like a little thing on my computer screen. <laughs> so. And I mean, there's, there's so much more to that, to where like the listeners, you know, they kind of see, they're like, oh, well, well, oh, how could that stem? How many different things? What was it like? And, 
And from the perspective of, of from where I was sitting, I remember when you had first told me like, hey, I've got some stuff going on. And it was, you know, it was like, I think it's like a mold toxicity thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. for someone being, I mean, for, for lack of a better term, I mean, one of the, the hardest motherfuckers I've ever met or been around. And I think as a part of that, it comes down to, oh, well, it, it couldn't be this. It couldn't be mental because this person has X, Y, Z. So, so how, you know, I viewed you going through this, it was, it was such an interesting thing. And, and I'm sure hard on, on other people that knew you as well to be like, Hey, this is like, this person is suffering and there's, there's nothing that, that I, or, or that anyone can, can do or know about it. And from knowing a bit, you know, more of your past, it's like, well, I, how do I help? How do I help or, or, or do anything like that? Or, you know, to, to, to be able to assist that. So if we can get right into, you know, like progress in that or, or how, or, or viewing early signs or, or people, what, what, you know, what advice would you give to someone who is in, you know, kind of a mental area or start or starts going down that route? Yeah, it's, um, well, let me, let me kind of back up a little bit and just tell a little bit more about the evolution of things. So anyway, I finally kind of figured out what was going on with myself in that regard, because I went to the doctor and they were all like, look, there's nothing wrong with you. I had a bunch of tests done. Uh, and eventually I had enough doctors to say, look, we can't find anything really physically wrong with you. And, um, so I, I eventually kind of came around to the fact that like I was, this was all psychosomatic stuff that was affecting me physically. I mean, and again, it was, it was really bad. Like I would spend my entire day dizzy and like, just not, not able to function at times. Um, so I came across this thing called the Linden method. I can't remember how I found it, but I, was Googling around or something. And I, and I read this guy's story, this guy, Charles Linden, who is, um, he's a British dude who had spent, I don't know, decades with the same, the same thing. Like I read his story and it was, he wasn't a military guy or anything like that, but he had just, he had ramped up his own anxiety to the point where he thought he was dying all the time. And like, and it, it was the exact same stuff. And reading this of all these crazy things that his body was doing, just made me realize, holy, holy cow, like that can happen to somebody and you can have that kind of a reaction. Um, so he's got this thing called the Linden method. Um, and it's, uh, I'm not going to give away his proprietary secrets here, but, <laughs> but I found it helpful and, and I worked on that stuff and I eventually kind of got my way. So like when we, when we met, that's not to say I didn't have anxiety or I didn't have like kind of like mental health stuff that I was still dealing with, but largely the physical symptoms had kind of dissipated at that point. Then I then fast forward to 2016 that you mentioned the kind of the mold exposure that was uh, it was August 14th 2016 where I was pressure washing my driveway in Georgia and we had a home that we bought it was 19, built in 1952 I think and it had like a concrete driveway that had just whatever whatever that stuff is that builds up over time right it was gray and like sort of sludgy and. You know, not not that bad, but like just needed to be pressure washed. And uh, as you know, I'm somebody who's a little bit fastidious and <laughs> and likes cleanliness and orderliness. So I spent like three hours out there just pressure, not with chemicals or anything, but I just got like a water pressure washer from Home Depot and sprayed all this stuff off. And then I we had a detached or uh, sorry attached attached shed on our house, and I did I thought, ah, let me go in there and do the walls too, just concrete walls. So I did all this. And then the next day it was like, I went to work. This was when I was at Killcliffe and I just couldn't function. Like I couldn't think straight. It just felt so weird. It was like someone had dumped cement into my head. And I remember talking to our marketing director at the time and he was like, you don't look right. Like something, you just seem off. And I'm like, yeah, I don't feel right either. So I went home and I took a sick day and, and took a nap and it just never went away. Um, it would come and go. I started getting these like crazy lightning bolt sensations in my head and like just massive amounts of pain in the back of my head. And um, so that kind of like set me back on this path. Now at the time, the, my, one of my first thoughts was this must just be sort of this anxiety stuff rearing its head again. So let me go back to the methods that helped me for at first and they didn't work. And the fact was I wasn't really 
I hadn't been thinking all these things. I hadn't been thinking, oh my God, I'm dying. And like, you know, I've got to have all this stuff. So I was like, well, that can't be right. Um, and so that's when I got into this kind of chronic illness world of specifically mold toxicity, which is where I, I, I think this came from that I can really go on for a long time about that and the, what I think goes on. And that's part of what I do with rare sense and, and um, kind of talk about these things, but it set me off on this kind of other path of trying to figure out how to treat and cure chronic illness. But I realized even doing that, that there was a huge mental component to it as well, that even a physical trigger, call it like a mold exposure or a tick bite or whatever, like all these things that lead to these various chronic conditions, a lot of it can be cured through a mental approach, through neural retraining, um, because what happens is it sort of triggers your body, a lot of the same stuff that happens with an anxiety disorder, like a fight or flight amygdala type thing. Um, and then even when your body is rid of whatever the stuff is, whether it's a bacteria or, or multiple things, I really think that a lot of times we're talking about a trigger, not a single source issue. Once that's out of there, your body's just stuck in this loop like your amygdala and your limbic system is stuck in this loop where it's doing the exact same thing. It's just, it's a, it's a constantly kind of in this fight or flight response and you, you have to retrain your brain to not do that anymore. Um, so anyway, so you, you I'm not, I haven't answered your question yet at all about, um, so that's kind of what I, answering the question is kind of like going over every single thing I'm doing right now. The, I decided, um, what, two years ago, I think, I think it was the end of 2020, where I put out a social media post where I had one of my worst days with this stuff, where I was just like crying my eyes out and I was all red faced and just looked awful. I took a selfie, not to, not because I looked good at all. It wasn't a flattering picture, but I wanted to remember the way I felt at that moment so that anytime I felt better, I could remember that I'd felt worse at one point to, to kind of like buck myself up. Right. Like, it, like, you know, you're better than this right now. Uh, Cause the recovery from this stuff can be very slow and very, like I say, glacial, it can be that slow mm -hmm. and that's frustrating, but you have to remember that you've taken sort of baby steps as you go. Anyway, so I put out this post, it was right before Christmas, where I just contrasted that picture with kind of like, here's how I am now. Not saying that I was like, totally better or completely fixed, but it was just a, I don't know, I, I wanted to share it with people because I felt like nobody was talking about it. And mental health can be such a private endeavor and people are scared to talk about it. And especially if you come out of the military, there's kind of this suffer and silence attitude that we then carry forward <clears throat> to our own struggles. And certainly in my case, and, um, and I just felt like, okay, if, if me sharing this, like where I've been in this, where I am, what I'm still going through and what I've learned, if that can, even stop, like, you know, help one person from whether it's take their own life or just, you know, be in a, a really bad situation, then that's worth doing. And I should share that. Um, so getting back to your question, it's kind of everything I'm doing, right? Like all of this stuff, um, it, it, it evolved from that to me starting this what blog and kind of brand or whatever called Rare Sense, which is all about as you put it, mind fitness is the term that I use. I I like how you address, you know, the, the kind of stigma of, you know, the military, the suffer and silence. And I think particularly in the community that you, that you were in and came from, I feel like it's, it's, it's always kind of been there, but really kind of, you know, rearing its, its ugly head. And especially, I don't know if you saw the email that Jeff had sent out. Jeff is one of our mutual friends who runs the Boston Frogman Swim. And they put out a, you know, the kind of like itinerary, uh, which, which um, you know, 
a seal that uh, you were swimming for for the Boston Frogman swim. Again, I'm jumping a lot of stuff with what Chris does for the Navy Seal Foundation now, giving back to that community. But you know, it had a lot of stuff about um, uh, Bill and Chad in there, and about and about like kind of the the mental side of things and and how much they're there for. But I feel like it's so much, it's, it's so polarizing from that community because it's like, Hey, you, you know, you don't need any of this stuff, the mental, you know, mental side of it, you deal with internally, but once it's okay for, for those people to struggle and to be open about them struggling, it just kind of has that trickle down effect of so many more people being like, Hey, it's okay that I'm going through this, or it's okay for me to work on it and for it to be public to kind of help more people. Well, yeah. I mean, as you know, I'm not one. I'm really, um, I try to be very um, honorable as much as I can be in the sense that I don't, I don't feel it's appropriate for me to talk about my time really in the military in any specifics, right? Like that's not who I'm, what I'm trying to do at all. Um, And so because of that, it took me again, it took me a long time to sort of start talking about this stuff, but I guess what I realized was everything that I want to talk about is not my time in the military. It's my time as a veteran. It's post-military, right? Like, and, and my audience hopefully is other people like me. And that can be anybody that could be a veteran. That could be a first responder. That could be, you know, any a single mother with two kids who's working two jobs, right. Who's out there trying to get by. It doesn't really matter. But the point is that I, I kind of realized, okay, well, but I can, I can really talk about this stuff that I've endured post-military and with that audience in mind and hopefully help out any, anyone that's struggling. And also to say, like, I'm not speaking for every veteran out there or, say, you know, I'm, I'm not out here making a statement. It's just me trying to do something that might help other folks open up in some way, shape or form. Right. Um, and I think part of the mentality you're talking about is, uh, if you're, if you're in like kind of a high stress situation or job, you get this, uh, we have this general attitude, right? CrossFit's the same way. Just like, just go harder, right? Grind it out. You can, right. Just, just get up earlier, work harder, Nobody cares, right? That, and that's not a bad message. Like people need to hear that at times. There are certainly times for all of us in our lives where we are succumbing to just being lazy and we just need to get off our ass and get stuff done. But tackling these issues when it came to chronic illness and, um, and mental health, and those things are really intertwined too. I mean, I, one of the problems I see out there is we talk, they're, they're separated a lot in sort of mainstream medicine or whatever you want to call it. And I really think they're intertwined and it's not really different things. Um, but the point is like, that didn't work. It wasn't like, I didn't know how to go harder when I was like, I couldn't stand up. I was like so dizzy. Right. Or like my head was just so pressurized that I couldn't function. It's like, what is that? How do I can't grind through this? Um, I mean, you can grind through it, but it wasn't making the situation better, right? That wasn't the answer. And so that's a tough place to be because it's like, well, hang on, that doesn't work. Like, I can't just go harder. Like, that's not the answer. So that that's, again, I think something that needs to be talked about because we need another message. We need another approach for these types of situations. When you, when you relate it to CrossFit, something that I think is very relatable and what I think that Coach Glassman did really well was he started CrossFit by training some of the most elite people, whether it was professional athletes, whether it was you know SWAT, military, and all of that. And then it had this trickle-down effect to where, as you and I know, it, you know CrossFit is for functional movements are for everyone. And you can regain functionality of someone who can no longer sit or stand up by doing CrossFit, but you can also train the world's most elite athletes by doing that. And you have to target the top first. You have to target to say, hey, this, this program is, is for you. And we have the professional athletes that are doing it. And then we can get down to, oh, yeah, also, we can regain functionality from this. Because when you start from the bottom up, say, hey, CrossFit is a program for your grandma and grandpa. Then you're going to get these elite athletes. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like, like, what is this? But 
I think I think why it's important, and not to you know not to you know you know leave you know every every stone unturned. Like we don't have to do that in this situation, but for someone of with the background that you have, with the success that you've had, with the mental strength that you've had through different situations with your career in the military, outside as an entrepreneur, all of these things, if it's okay for you to work on this, I think that trickle down effect is it starts off a lot higher to to open up to a lot more people as to where if I you know, there's there's been, you know, yoga instructors who've been probably pushing the same stuff and, and ideas that, that you have and you know it's like the the real zen and all this stuff and i'm like yeah shit in for me you know like me being right. the, you know the dumb idiot that i am but then when you see someone um and again not to you know toot your horn but of uh, of that has done and accomplished the things that you have do it, it i think it opens it up and why it's so powerful coming from you whether it's the you know a, a different message than anyone else but just coming from you i think that's the important piece. And that's why it's so profound that you're able to make a post like that and make the post where it, it opens it up for others. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I, that is part of, part of the reason that I wanted to, that I started doing this too. And that I tried to, I'm trying to turn it into something or that is a holistic approach to mind fitness is for a bunch of the reasons that you talked about. So when I look at kind of what I, the sort of mental health landscape that's out there right now, there's a bunch of things that didn't work for me or I, or I think are, are looked at kind of incorrectly. One of them is so uh, no particular order here, but one of them is yes. Like when I was kind of looking at these things and trying these different systems, the people that were doing it didn't remind me of me. They were nothing against them. Right. But like mm-hmm. the, the kind of culture there was not one that spoke to me at all. So it was like, well, to your point, like, do, do I really fit in with that group? Right. It was like, I just couldn't see myself in, in some of these people. Um, I remember being on like a, um, like a support group call and I was, it was like 25, I got, I signed up for this thing, right. There's 25 people were on this call. It's all about kind of neural retraining. <laughs> and, and I was the only guy, right. So it was 24 women and me which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but it was like, that's hard to relate to. And right. And and not a single one of them was in the military. Right. We're talking like it just, there wasn't a shared experience there that made me feel like, okay, this, this is for me. Um, And, and so it takes an even bigger leap of faith. If that's the case, if you've ever gone into a class, like you're talking about yoga, like I try to do yoga as well, because I think it's great. And, um, do a hot yoga class. But when I go into that class every week, it's like the, the culture there is one that's not exactly comfortable for me, for me, right? Like, or it's, um, and again, there's, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just, it's just a little off, like what, where I would normally choose to be from a cultural perspective, I'm much more comfortable in a CrossFit gym than in a yoga studio. So there's that aspect to it. I think, um, it is, it's also very reactionary. So you talk about kind of like the way CrossFit is designed to be like, we're going to, we're going to design things for the top athletes. And then that's got a trickle down effect. Right? it's, it's just, um, it's just a question of like the, the movements don't uh, vary in kind, just in like intensity and weight and all that kind of stuff. Mental health, I feel like, is such a reactionary thing right now. And it's, it's even got a negative connotation when you say, when you hear those words, mental health, it's like such a, like problems. And, and so I wanted to, I'm hoping to try to change that idea into this mind fitness idea that is much more proactive, right? That sounds, that's something you can develop. That's not something, a problem you have. And I think Look, terminology matters. The way the words we use matter. They make us feel a certain way. And so if something's got kind of a negative connotation, it's hard to flip that around and think about it in a different way. Um, And then the the other thing or one of the other issues is that it's it's really siloed too. So as I tried to kind of go about my own, whatever you want to call it, mental health, rehabilitation, mind fitness journey, it was like, they were, it was all segmented. So it's mindfulness is a really big trendy thing right now and meditation. And that's great. 
but I feel like it's like one piece of it. It's just, it's sort of an adjunct, right? People now it's like, okay, we're going to work on diet, exercise, recovery. And then we've got some tech stuff. We've got biohacks, we have trackables and wearables, and we can test our heart rate variability and things like that. And then we're going to throw some meditation in there. And it's like, that's our kind of our human performance model. And I just like, I felt like, well, <clears throat> I think that's sort of reversed um, for a number of reasons, but when it comes to a really holistic mind fitness approach, meditation and mindfulness is certainly a piece of that, but it's only one piece of it. There's breath work to pull in there as well. And there's a whole development piece too. That's almost never talked about. It's never like, well, let's, let's not stay stagnant with just our brain growth in terms of learning things, in terms of skill development, um, in terms of problem solving, those things are great. The, all these things are great. There's a lot of breath work stuff out there. There's a lot of, meditation stuff out there, but it's not being combined in a way to really give a, a full picture of this. Um, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with the whole rare sense methodology. Something that, that you've helped me out a lot with. And, um, you know, I was very similar. One of those people to where it's like, Oh, you grind through it or, or this or that. But, um, I had a lot of self-negative thoughts and not necessarily mm -hmm. one to say a lot of bad things about other people that aren't present. And you know, if they are, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, <laughs> banter with the best of them. But uh, for myself especially, and especially when things weren't necessarily going my way, when there was, when there was mistakes that I'd made or there were certain things that had happened that had really put me in a spot I never thought I would be in, something you really helped me out with and something that we still discuss on probably a weekly basis is kind of that thought process and how people view themselves on the, on the self-talk, but more, more so how people think and what thoughts are. And I'd love for you to kind of talk on that because I think a lot of people can benefit from that. Cause I think it happens with a lot more people than, uh, than that are willing to admit. Yeah, sure. First of all, let me say, I, I probably should have put this disclaimer, so to speak, out at the beginning, right? I am not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not any of those things. So I have zero qualifications when it comes to credentials, established credentials of psychiatry, psychotherapy, any of these things. And I would never say that I've got those qualifications. I'm simply a sufferer. And I make that very clear in the things I write about. But I think it's important, again, be a sufferer and talk about these things and share your experiences because one of the things I've found helpful again is the stories of other sufferers, whether it's recovery stories or just even that guy, Charles Linden, like reading his story of like where he was, all the things he experienced and being like, that's me. Like I totally get it was more helpful for me than going into a doctor's office and saying, well, let's talk about your feelings and, you know, let's try <laughs> try to figure out what prescription meds to put you on or whatever. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. Like those help people in certain circumstances, but it just, those, the sufferers voices are equally as important. Um, anyway, so getting to thought. Um, yeah, this is something I kind of learned probably in the last year or two. I, a lot of it I take from Sam Harris's stuff. Waking up is the meditation app that I, I like the best. I've tried different ones. I really like his, uh, it's very non woo, right. So sort of like appeals to me. There's, it's just sort of straight on like what's going on in your mind and what meditation is all about, which is at its core, essentially just being able to pay attention to your thoughts and notice what's going on in your own head. That is the practice. It is not trying to control anything, so to speak. Um, it's just sitting with your own mind and noticing what's happening. And you and I have texted back and forth about this, right? You sent me that thing, um, that meme the other week, which said something like, uh, I'm not my thoughts. I'm the thinker of my thoughts. And, mm. and that's a nice sentiment to kind of say, like, you don't have to identify with what's in your head. You're just thinking those things. And I took it one step further and said, no, that's not exactly right either. You're not really the thinker of your thoughts. You're the observer of your thoughts. The problem is we think we're the thinker. We think we're the instigator uh, and the source. And you, you said something like, well, that makes me feel like I'm not in control of my thoughts. And I said, right, you're not. <laughs> that's, that's the important thing to realize. Um, and that's, that can be a tough thing to understand. But once you understand that, it's really helpful 
So to dig into that a little bit, if you spend 30 seconds even just sort of meditating, like observing your, your thoughts, you will realize that you are not creating your, what you're thinking at any given moment. That's not to say you can't focus attention. You can, you can actively think about something, but the, the stream of thoughts that just show up in your head every day, they just show up and you don't have a lot of, you have no control over what comes up at any given moment. And you can do an exercise to kind of prove this to yourself, right? So if I asked you, like, give me a, one of your favorite movies, right? Happy Gilmore or whatever, right? I said, okay, well, think about nothing other than the movie Happy Gilmore for the next 24 hours. Like, is there any way that you could do that? I wouldn't last. I mean, it, it, as soon as you say that, it just goes to other things that I'm not supposed to be thinking right. of. And yeah. Right. You couldn't do it for an hour. You probably couldn't do it for 20 seconds before something else is just going to show up in your head. And that should prove to you right there that you don't have control of that, right? Like, again, you can sort of actively try to focus on something, but sooner or later your mind drifts and then stuff just starts popping up. The problem is that we identify with those things that pop up as if to your point, I'm, I'm thinking these things. Uh, And that's not the way to look at it. The way you need to look at it is as if your mind, your brain is, you can look at it a couple different ways, but it's like a receiver, like a television, a television or a radio or something like that. It's just the streaming service, right? Those, those things are like a radio station and you can, you're not controlling that stuff. You can pay attention to it or you can ignore it or you can change the station. Um, and you really have to think of it in that way. And there's a book, um, there's a book called The Happiness Trap, which talks a lot about this. Um, it's uh, acceptance and commitment therapy really good book, Russ Harris. Um, but there's a bunch of techniques around this that if you're prone to that, if you're prone to really identifying with the stories and the thoughts that show up in your head, there's things you can do to break that, um, kind of get you, make you realize that what that is, right? Whether it's saying it out loud in a funny voice or noticing that, if you start like taking your thoughts and start just say it, anything pops in your head, kind of notice it and then think it or say it in like Mickey Mouse's voice or Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice or something, it makes you laugh. It tells you how seriously you need to take that kind of thing. Um, or just saying like, instead of saying I'm thinking, so right to so that point about I'm the thinker of my thoughts, instead of saying I'm thinking X, Y, Z, say, I notice that I'm having the thought, blah, 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 blah. Right. And that creates a separation between whatever that thought is and you, so to speak. And, and let's, I mean, let's go like a step further than that to where, you know, what, what thoughts should you be listening to? Or how do you, how do you start to differentiate once you start noticing being like, okay, I'm observing my thoughts. And it's like, you know, how, how do we make the meditation thoughts into action in a positive way? Well, so again, the meditation is purely the practice of, of noticing, really mm-hmm. noticing and focusing. So a lot of meditation and there's, there's different apps out there. There's different, there are different types of meditation. There's like chanting, there's things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is like trying to, trying to focus your attention, usually on breath. Right. So it's like, I'm focusing on my breath. And again, sooner or later, I'm trying to focus on just my breathing. And then I'm thinking, Oh, what did I do yesterday? And what do I got to do tomorrow? And then you're like, Oh gosh. Right. And then the idea is trying to get in the habit of noticing that because sometimes you won't, you won't notice it and you'll spend like two minutes where you're just lost in thought until you realize, Oh my God, I'm not thinking about my breath. I'm not focusing on my breath at all anymore. I'm just lost in thought. My intent with meditation is not to, I'm not trying to become a great meditator. There, there are people that really get into this and, and go off for months and just do silent retreats and silent reflection by themselves in caves and things like that. And that's fine if that really is your thing. But I think for most people, that's not what they're trying to do. The idea is to become more mindful, more aware in your daily life. My, my intent with meditation, just like CrossFit, there are people that want to do CrossFit to be great at CrossFit and compete in CrossFit. 
But for the most part, people do it because they want to live healthier lives and they want to look better and they want to feel mm-hmm. better. So to me, that's what all this stuff is about too. It's not so I can, it's not so I can like knock my meditation out of the park every day. <laughs> it's so I can be more mentally fit the rest of the time, the other 23 plus hours of the day. Um, so anyway, getting back to sort of noticing thoughts, the idea ultimately is to, is to understand like, is this thought helping me in some way? Right. So, and if it's not the quicker you can just let it go again, it's not like trying to push it out or get rid of it. It's just, I don't have to spend any energy on that thought anymore. Look, and this is the other thing about mental fitness is mind fitness is that it's just like physical fitness. This is something I'm really big on. We have this attitude of, I think this is another problem with the mental health industry, whatever you want to call it, or just the way we think about it. Like it's a yes, no thing. It's like, Hey, do you have mental health problems or does that person have mental health? Oh, they have mental health problems. And it's like, well, we, we all have mental health problems. (laughs) It's just a question of to what extent. So mind fitness is just like physical fitness. We don't say this person's physically fit and this person's not. I mean, we do kind of, but, but at the end of the day, we realize that it's a, a spectrum and you can see it. If somebody gets more and more fit, they go from being overweight to being healthy. That's a, there's a, there's a progress there. There's an evolution and steps along the way. And it's not one, it's not just a flip of the switch, right? Nor Uh, is there like an end goal. It's not like, Oh no, he's all set. No more fitness for him. He is fit. Right. So that's the other thing is we sort of think, Hey, I had mental health problems and now I don't. And now I'm done. And that to me is just like saying, well, I've worked out enough. Guess I'm done. I'll be physically fit the rest (laughs) of my life. It's like, no, I, every day I have to go back in the gym. If I want to maintain a healthy body, healthy physique, I've got to eat right every day. I've got to work out every day and I can cheat here and there, but, but it's something that it's a discipline cheat day. And what's that cheat day, bro. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But, uh, well, (laughs) yeah, we'll talk about that some other time. Um, but mental fitness is the exact same thing. Right. And so, um, it's trying to get, get that in your head as well, that this is something you've got to figure out on your own, what your mind fitness routine looks like from a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. What does that constitute? And there's no right answer for any one person, but it's all of these disparate elements that I'm trying to bring together to be like, Hey, here's, here's what I think the full picture is. Now you got to sort out for yourself. I need more of this. I need less of this again, just like physical fitness, right? You and I don't necessarily need to do the exact same workouts to get to the optimum level or eat exactly the same things. There's people that have different, slightly different dietary requirements, right? Sort of generally speaking, you should, you should eat these things. You shouldn't eat these things, this movement in general, right. And getting your heart rate up, like that's all good, but then tweaking it to it's, it's a very bespoke, discipline and i think the same thing is true with mind fitness it's like targeting targeting yeah. scaling uh, all sorts of stuff depending yeah, on but it goes it goes back to it really does go back to that's why that meditation practice is so critical because you have to notice what's going on in your own head yeah. you have to notice okay you know what i think about this like even me for even me look i'm <laughs> i'm just as this is something i have to work on still um and i'm not cured either. This is really important to me is to say, I'm not some guru that's like, I figured it all out. Check me out. Like, I'm look at how awesome I am. Right. My point is like, I'm, I'm just like everybody else still in this and trying to get better and, and working on it every day. There's no cure, so to speak. Um, just like there's no cure for physical fitness. That's not the way to think about it. Um, so even going into this podcast, right? These kinds of things don't make me necessarily all that comfortable. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm like, Ooh, am I going to say the wrong thing or something like that? But that's all, those are all just thoughts. That's all just garbage in my head. And before I start an interview like this or anything else, I have to think to myself, okay, what's going on in my head right now? And is it useful? Is this going to help me in some way? And if it's not, then I just don't need to spend any time with that thought 
And that's the discipline. I think, I mean, obviously that stuff is powerful and, and stuff that's helped me out a lot. And I think is a good like step process for someone who has just either completely ignored it or it's like a good, you know, if we relate it to fitness, like a good on-ramp or fundamentals to be like, hey, pay attention or j- just take a step back from meditation. That was my, my first exposure to meditation was from a guy, Keith Stern at Reebok. And he was like, when you drink your coffee in the morning, spend five, spend 10 minutes, doesn't matter how much time, but all I want you to think about is just the coffee. It's like, like when you're drinking it, as, as you're consuming it, what it feels like, to, but it only can be the coffee. And realize that your mind will drift off and realize that when your mind drifts off, that's part of it. Just kind of direct it to come back to it and see how long it takes you. And the more I did that, the better I got at not having thoughts just drift off. I was able to just focus on one thing. And that was the first piece of it. And, and he had called it for me like a coffee meditation. And sometimes it would be 90 seconds. Sometimes it would like 12 and a half to 15 minutes would go by. And I was like, wow, that was, you know, that was, you know, a much better thing about focusing. But if it's, and that was like my first exposure. So I think what like the info that you gave there is, is very good for people to realize, okay, here's something I can start. If there was, if you could narrow it down to three things to four people to start working on, to working on their mental fitness, working on, you know, kind of this, you know, the rare sense, which I obviously think is, is incredible as a play on like, like the common sense thing, which especially when it relates to this topic is, you you know, key piece of it. But what if is are there two other things or even like three things if it's like hey here are some things that you can do right now to work on this or things that have helped you but simple things uh palpable for someone to just start right away well i first of all i would recommend downloading find a meditation app that you like um it does help to get some instruction so to speak i mean anybody can meditate with just a timer you could just you could just set your mm. timer on your phone for 10 minutes but if you've never done it before, it does help to have some kind of guidance of how, how to do it, so to speak. Just someone who's sort of like guiding you through it. Again, I really like the Waking Up uh, Sam Harris app. I think it's like, I don't know what it is at this point. It is a subscription service, but he's got an intro course in there that I think is like 20 or 30 lessons. Um, and they're 10 minutes. So it's not a big time commitment, but just doing something like that. There's probably free resources out there too. I'm sure you could find like YouTube videos that take you through it, but I just like that. There's a little bit of structure. There's other ones, there's Headspace um, and and there's a bunch of other meditation apps. So I think that's a really simple one. Um, I like to adopt. So you talked about basically presence there, that coffee meditation idea. And that's that sort of that focus that is about presence and the idea that we only, all that exists at any time is the current moment. That's it. Anything that happened in the past no longer exists. Anything that is going to happen in the future does not exist. The only thing that exists is right now. And yet we don't spend any time right now for the most part. We spend our time thinking about the past or worrying about the future, generally speaking, right? We're sort of like lost in like, oh, what did I do yesterday or anything? And so we we miss the moment. And that's kind of what you're talking about with the coffee stuff. So I, there's a daily morning practice that I really like to do. Um, I call it gratitude and intent. And the idea is starting to notice what you're thinking first thing in the morning. Like what are those thoughts that pop up first thing in the morning? And you mentioned um, the negative and positive. Again, the better way to think about it is, is this helpful or, or useful or not? It's not really negative or positive. It's just because a quote unquote negative thought sometimes can be helpful. You can have a negative thought that says, man, I'm out of shape. I need to get in the gym. If that then spurns you to get into the gym and start working out, well, that was a helpful thought. That was negative, right? But it was helpful. So you really need to start couching it in those terms. Um, But one of the things that I started doing was first thing in the morning, um, doing a statement of gratitude and a statement of intent. So going back to backwards thinking, forwards thinking, uh, you're you're writing down and really write it down, whether it's on your phone. What I like to do is like a yellow sticky, right? Take a Sharpie and write down statement of gratitude, 
something you're thankful for. It doesn't, it can be the simplest thing in the world. It can just be, Hey, I'm thankful. I woke up this morning does not need to be profound, but the idea is that thought is something that's essentially looking backwards, right? That is you're, you're thankful for something that happened. And then a statement of intent for the day, which is like today I intend to blah, 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 whatever it may be. Again, can be super simple, but that's a forward-looking thought. And the idea is to then use those statements throughout the day to try to replace something that's unhelpful looking backwards and, and forwards. So if you've got essentially, and I usually think of it as like backwards thinking is a lot of sort of guilt and regret and depression and forward thinking is a lot of fear and anxiety. And that's really where I spend, I mean, I went both ways, but it's for me ended up being a, largely like anxiety, just worrying about everything, like thinking things were going to kill me. And so I mean, just really hypervigilant craziness. Um, and I don't use that term lightly, but I can say that about myself, right? Like, so, like things that were just like, when I think about it, it's crazy. Um, but um Anyway, so that's kind of the, the flavor of those things. But the idea is like, if you have those statements, then you're trying to at every moment throughout the day where you start going down those rabbit holes, replacing that with those thoughts. So if you can put them in a place where you see them all day, it'll really help, help you. If you sit at a desk, stick them on your desk or on your computer screen, left and right, this way, this way. And it's like just trying to get in that habit of, I'm thinking something unhelpful about the past. Let me go back to my statement of gratitude. And I'm, I'm starting to worry about something stupid in the future that probably is not going to happen. Let me go back to my statement of intent. That's a really simple practice um, that, again, doesn't take a lot of time. I also like to, I used to be one of these people that um, get up first thing in the morning, run out the door, go to the gym. And a lot of people do that. And some people need to do that. I've kind of shifted things around where I try to spend my first couple moments of the day, like in some kind of meditative state, just chill, like get some coffee, do that. And then just sit there for like five to 10 minutes. It doesn't even need to be meditation, so to speak. It can be kind of like meditation light where I'm just trying to notice, like, how do I how do I feel today? Like how, what's just kind of like percolating at the, at the surface. Cause if you don't do that, you just kind of like don't check in with yourself first thing in the morning. So I think that's a really good thing to do. And then doing it on the flip side too, like right before you go to bed, spending like five or 10 minutes doing kind of the same, it's almost like setting yourself up for sleep. And it's not, you don't have to like, to, it's not like a big intricate process. It's just spending some moments where it's, you, you don't have to be doing all the time. You can just be being. And I think that that's a really, there's, I've got an article about that called humans being um, that I think is really important. Your website, www.rarsense.com. Mm-hmm. How often are you putting stuff out there? Well, so the website is, so it started with the blog. I wrote, um, where this all kind of came from, again, was I put a couple things out on social media. I did some just sort of videos talking about my own experience and what I thought about this stuff. And I got a, good, a lot of good response from it. Um, and people reaching out to me, like DMing me and saying, oh, dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. And again, I, it was enough for me to think, okay, this is helping some people and that's my intent. Um, so let me take it one step further. I didn't really know how to do that. But I was, um, I was flying. I can't remember where I was flying. I was on a flight. And the guy, like across from me, up a couple rows, was watching the movie Logan on his computer or on the screen, but on the back of the chair. And I think people know that movie, but it's the kind of the last Wolverine movie with Hugh Jackman where he's old and dying. And it's like this really, it's a heavy movie. And I'd seen it before, but I thought, oh, that yeah, that's a good movie. Let me watch that. So I started watching it. And it struck me in a way that it hadn't before where I was just like, like I felt like I'm this dude from a sort of like former military perspective. It's like my body's kind of broken down a little bit. Mine's not where it used to be. Like just everything about the character felt and this was right when like afghanistan was ending too so there was like kind of a lot of emotion wrapped up in it 
And I just got so emotional watching this movie, thinking like identifying so strongly with the character. So I wrote a, I just wrote out a thing about it. I was just writing a word document, just wanted to get my thoughts down. And, and I was like, what do I do with this? Um, but I felt like it needed to be said. So I, I had, I had a Substack subscription. People don't know sub, I don't know if people know Substack, but Substack is like independent writers. Um, they have their own subscription services. So it's like, they just put out content on a weekly or whatever basis and people subscribe to it. And then it can, becomes a paid model. But a lot of people out there, especially famous writers have taken to this model and, um, and do very, very well on it. Like th- there's people that their full-time income is from Substack. So I was like, okay, well, that's, that's cool because I can, it's a post like a blog, but then it'll email it to people too. So I just wrote this thing on Substack. I put it out there and, and edited it. And gosh, I don't even know how I got it to people to start. It's not like I had any subscribers. I think I just put it on social media or something. <laughs> and, um, and again, I got a really good response from that. Just people were like, Hey, you write more like this. Um, and so that was encouraging. So I was like, well, let me, let me turn this into something. So that's kind of where the rare sense came from. I turned to the, that became, that blog became rare sense. Um, and then I just built off of that. So the website has a link to that blog, um, that Substack for people to subscribe. I've got a bunch of resources on there, be it books that I've read that I think are really helpful from a mental health, mind, fitness perspective. There's a lot of puzzles and games on there too, because I think that that to me is a piece of mind fitness that isn't talked about, like trying to develop your mind. We, well, a lot of us just get to a point in life where we just don't learn anything anymore. We're like, well, school's over. I guess I just don't, don't learn anymore. And I think that's a really bad uh, place to be. There's links to various programs that I've done, neural retraining programs, meditation apps, things like that. Again, just trying to bring all these disparate elements together and also say, like, I didn't invent a lot of this stuff. When I talk, there's there's neural retraining on there that's like, I'm not going to take credit for their methods and I'm not going to tell people. It's like, if you want to go do those programs, go do them. Like, I, I'm sort of, I don't have any relationship with any of these. Nothing's invasive, invasive in the sense that I'm, I'm not recommending drugs or treatments or anything like that. It's all stuff that people can do on their own. And that's kind of the idea, right? Is that I'm trying to give empower people to work on their own mind fitness, the way they can work on their own physical fitness, because I think that's another piece of mental health in general out there right now is that it's sort of a lot of it is like, you need to go see a a doctor, right? Like you can't, it'd be like saying you can't get physically fit unless you have a personal trainer. And don't get me wrong. If, if you need to see a doctor or a psychiatrist or whatever, like go do that. Right. Like there's, People that need to do that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that all of us can do things on our own to improve. We, we can take charge of our own mind fitness and work on these things and re, and realize that we have the power to work on these things on, on our own. Um, and so, yeah, so there's that stuff on the website. What else is on there? Um, it's, it's still getting, look, it's a work in progress and it will be for a long time, but I'm hoping to kind of just cre- keep creating content that'll bring all these things together. Well, I know you, you know, speaking from personal experience, you've helped me out with a lot of different stuff. I mean, over the years, the, the list can go on, but especially with, you know, recently and in, in, in this type of thing to where I was in the same boat, you know, coming out of the military, it was like, you're fine. You don't, you don't discuss this. You have to, you know, set the role for, for other people. You have to, you know, you don't talk about this. And for a long time, you know, I kind of had this kind of like carefree lifestyle to where I didn't even, I didn't have any focus on like positive or negative for mental fitness. It was just kind of, Hey, whatever it is, it is until, you know, you kind of got to grow up at some point in time. And and that's when, you know, you start, I used, I start imagining things of the future or settling down or thinking about things that had happened in my past, thinking about that type of stuff to where it's like, it all kind of created this dark hole for me to where that, you know, I still remember a conversation we had when I was back down in St. Thomas for the second time. Um, we sat on the phone for a bit and it was really that thought process. Like, like these thoughts aren't like, they're not true. Like they're just, they're just thoughts. Like some right. of them may be the things that have happened, but you know, I was just thinking so negatively about 
about my past and about things that have happened that like, I kind of like created this thought to where like, Hey, if I'm thinking this stuff, it must be true. And as soon as I could kind of, kind of yield to that and just kind of watch them go by and be like, yeah, I'm not going to spend much time on that. It's not helpful. It's, this isn't, right. this thought isn't going to help me. I'm not going to say, Hey Connor, you're a piece of shit. And it's like, all right, well, great. It's like, like, you know, going to go be a piece of shit today. And it was like, you know, maybe focus on, Hey, here's something that you're doing really well. Hey, let's, let's spend some time on that. Let's spend some time focusing on this or here's how you're helping others or that side of things. So from, from even just the blogs that, you know, I, as you know, I, I read all the, all the content and all the stuff you put out and, and a big piece of having you on the podcast too, is not just to, you know, selfishly get to hang out with you for, for a little bit, but <laughs> always good to, to, to shed some light on this for other people who, like you said, they, it doesn't, you don't need to be in a dark place to, to, ha- to see the benefits from this. You could be, you'd be like, Hey, everything is great. It's like, well, great. Well, here's some stuff to either make it better or to continue on this in case anything does happen. Cause you're never just cured or you're never just mentally fit. Just like you're never like, Hey, I'm, I'm fit enough. That'd be great. That'd be great till I get to a certain point and be like, yeah, well, yep. Here's me the rest of my life. Like, sure. I right. could spend some time on some other shit, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm just super grateful for all of that stuff. And I hope that other people get to um, experience what I have through your, te- you know, your learnings. And like you said, it's not like you, you know, went to get a PhD to do this. It's like it's clinical nope. trials from you. It's and it's someone who, I, you know, I obviously respect uh, for more ways than one, not just because of, you know, another lesson you taught me is, you know, your, your past job shouldn't be why people respect you. People should respect you for who you are in this current moment. And, and just through that, just a lot of just incredible lessons. Uh, so I'm hoping that we can push some more people to that, to, to help more people and bring, uh, shed a little bit more light on, on everything that you're doing from, I mean, even from this perspective, but also as your, your job, uh, currently still head of partnerships or what's that's a piece of it. So my, I'm the communications director for the, for the foundation. Yeah. Navy SEAL foundation. Communications director for the Navy SEAL foundation. I know you, any of the listeners have heard a lot of the stuff we do to give back to the Navy SEAL foundation, the Boston frogman swim that a group of us, uh, I mean, I think there's like 80 swimmers this year, but I've always, you know, tried to participate in to, to be able to, to, you know, to give back to that community and really all military communities. Um, but just, just, you know, awesome. And, and anything that we can do to, to highlight everything you're doing to give back to, to help. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And um, also, let me be, be clear too. everything. I, the, all the rare sense stuff that I do, that is not none of that is kind of in my official role at the foundation, right? That's completely separate. So I, I have that role as the communications director for the foundation. I, I do manage partnerships as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the rare sense stuff that I do is completely independent. Right? That's my own personal stuff. And I'm very clear about that again on the website that I'm not anything I say there through that there or on my blog is not representative of any organization that I work for now or have worked for. And again, it's not, um, it's not medical advice either. Right. Like, uh, like I said, I'm just, I, I just, we have to empower people to work through these things on their own and, and together too, I should say, let me, this is important. There's a, um, the second article I wrote on the rare sense blog was kind of a manifesto about like what this is with this whole concept and what I'm, how I'm trying to put it together. And I'm still tweaking that too. I go back and I'm like, no, oh, that's not exactly right. Let me like fix it a little bit here and there. Uh, so it's a work in progress, but I stayed in there that I think one of the things is we're in this together. We have this mentality. Now, one of the problems that I think um, we're all encountering when it comes to mind fitness is, it's all, it's self-oriented so much of this because the stuff happens in our own head, but we get, we get too self-oriented and like that term self-care that is so um, prevalent now and popular, I think is a little bit of a misnomer because it's like, we spend so much time in isolation now and we've been so isolated for years, much more so than in the past because of coronavirus and these other things. And now it's like the, the solution is like more time by ourselves. Like I need to retreat to myself again. And I think that that's not necessarily the right answer. Like you need to work on these things, but we have to work on them together. Sharing things is important. Being open about things is important. I think, again, that's what I'm trying to do. And to some extent is like talk about these struggles. We have to be willing to 
to the extent we're comfortable, and that's not to say you don't have to be on social media, like professing your problems to the world, but but getting together with people is super important. And I've just found sometimes when I'm in my darkest moments, the best thing I can do is like get out and be with other people, not retreat to my room and be by myself. It's I just think it's really critical. So I put in there, there's this quote from Gladiator, which is one of my favorite flicks where I, th- I don't know if it's the first time that they're in the Coliseum and Russell Crowe's character, right? Uh, Maximus is like, Hey, have any of you guys ever been in the army? And there's a couple of guys are like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I served with you at Vintabona or whatever. And he's like, whatever comes out of these doors, you know, if we work together, we have a better chance of survival. If we work together, like if we, if we stay together, we survive. And I just, I love that quote because I think it's, it's really important, right? Like, you know, we stand a better chance if we work together. And that applies to a whole bunch of stuff, even outside of mental health. But Yeah, I mean, what was it, Bill Gates that said? Uh, no, not Bill Gates. Um, Steve Jobs said, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm, yeah, good. Um, I don't know who said it, some rich white guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I wanted to, to end with and you know what, I, something I always respect about you too, this is aside from what I wanted to end with, is that you don't leave a lot of gray area, that there's not a lot of room for assumptions. I've kind of, you know, allow that in, into where if there's, you know, something to where you're like, I'm not this, this is this, this is this. It's like, you don't ever want to like take credit where it's not due. And it's something that's, that's, that I respect a ton. But one thing that you've, that you've helped me decide one thing that you've uh, helped me with and what I want you to, to, if you know it off the top of your head is when we talked about a mantra and, mm. and it's helped me kind of refocus and maybe I don't have it written out on my desk, but when I revisit that, it's kind of like, Hey, are you, is this still your focus is, is this still who you want to yeah. be? And it's really cool. Cause I can change it if I want, but then most of the time when I go back to it, I'm like, Oh, here's kind of the main focus. So do you know your mantra off the top of your head? Oh gosh, you're going to put me on the spot. I don't actually, it's been a while since I've looked at it. So you're, you're, you're calling me out that I need to spend some more time with that. Um, or do you have it on your computer? I have it on my computer. Yeah. I have it on my, on my website. Um, and I need to, it's actually a good point. Like I need to do a better job of getting back to that. It's again, I'm not a a perfect case study here, right? These are the things that I need to do. And it's also something that, um, and maybe I should use the term mantra. I use personal mission. That's the term uh, I use. Um, and it's like, it's, it's like to think well, act honorably, laugh, give back. And there's something else in there. So that's how, that's how great I am at memorizing my own personal <laughs> mission. Right. There's something um, about not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and it's, there's different ways to go about that. There's, I think Simon Sinek has a, a way that he does this as well, which is a completely different method in terms of establishing. But the whole idea is um, if you spend a lot of time in a job, uh, whether it's the military or whatever it may be, your identity and your, your mission, so to speak, gets really tied to that job. So that when you, when, whenever that may end, a lot of people then feel like they, they lack purpose, like they lack a mission. I think, you know, I felt this way and it, st- it stems from this feeling like the job gave you purpose, like that gave you a mission. And the reality is that's not true. If you step back, what you did was you found a job that aligned with your personal mission. You didn't, you hadn't written it out. You didn't like codify it, yeah. but you went out and found something that aligned with your value. Um, and so if you step back and realize that you, you can then take your values and turn them into your own personal mission that then can help guide you in whatever else you, you do in life. And that's kind of the intent there. And I have a, um, I've got like a spreadsheet. There's an article that I wrote on the blog about kind of how to do that from my perspective or a way to do it. And, and then there's kind of a spreadsheet, although I think I had that tied to a different website. I need to get that up on my on the rare sense site so people can download it like it's a free resource right i'm not trying to charge people money for uh for that stuff but um yeah you bring up a good point man i gotta i gotta do a better job of memorizing my own personal mission statement um so i've slacked off in that regard well i think that'll just way drop. to call me out oh. thanks buddy <laughs> i think i think hopefully that'll just draw more people to the website to be like no, i wonder no, what no, this yeah. shit is yeah um, yeah uh 
well, like I said before, grateful for the stuff that that you've done that I mean, again for free on your site that you've put out that if that's you know very much so helped me out and hope that you know other people we can can see and, and see the same things from you putting yourself out there for you know putting yourself out there that that you're not that you're not perfect and that that you're not you know um you know, impervious to anything's with with the mental fitness so I, I think it takes balls to do that obviously and I'm, and I'm sure it's not an easy thing for you to do so again very grateful and uh very grateful for your time to come on here and chat with me today yeah brother always good to talk to you you know even in a very public setting like like this so good to chat dude yeah um, and uh any any other plugs to, to follow chris um at this chris Irwin on instagram the website www.rarsense.com anything else that that you think uh for people to find you no that's it well, social media any anywhere pretty much it's this chris Irwin, and then uh the, the website and that has a link to the substack which is rarsense.substack.com and people can subscribe there it's a monthly newsletter just so people know it's not um i, I spend a lot of time on those articles and i don't have a ton of free time so i have to um parse that out as best I can, but it's a monthly newsletter. There's no cost for it currently. So please uh, sign up and you'll get that your inbox first of every month. And I love it. I'm obviously signed up for it, but I mean, pretty much anything you could be like, Hey, you got to buy this product. <laughs> I eat three every day to help keep me strong. I'm, like, I'm in. Uh, thanks again, brother. Uh, we'll chat again soon. And um, yeah, that's all I got. Awesome. Thanks brother. <laughs>